Hey, babe. Yes? You remind me of the Blarney Stone. Uh-oh. How so? <laughs> I would wait for two hours in a line just to bend over backwards and give you a kiss. Welcome to Love Uncovered, a podcast that pulls back the sheets to look at love from different angles. I'm Robin Wilson, and together with my partner, Phil, we will chat about various themes around love. Hey, honey. Hey. How are you? I could not be better unless the air conditioning was on. Oh, man. It's hot. It's It's so hot. We have not been able to get away from this heat and this sun. Yeah, we really can't. You know, it was smoking hot, and then we went on holidays to somewhere that should not have been hot and was, and then we came home, and it's crazy hot here, too. Oh, man. We went to Ireland, for those that don't know us and don't follow our travels online. How dare they? How dare you not? (laughs) The nerve. What are you even doing? God, adjust your life, please, people. And I specifically picked Ireland because it's supposed to be cold and rainy and cloudy. And then, of course, we get there and it's fucking hot and sunny. And I got so sunburnt our, like, second day and it never got any better. I know. I always say we packed for Ireland and we got uh, San Diego weather. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's not fair. <laughs> Give me some cloud. That's what I wanted. We shouldn't complain. No, we shouldn't. But I always will. I'll always complain about the sun. <laughs> doesn't matter what the weather is. It always sucks. Other than that, though, I had a really great time on our trip. It was a 10 out of 10. A 10 out of 10? A 10 out of 10. Except for, like, you know, for experience-wise. For food-wise, maybe not so much. Yeah, the food wasn't great, but uh, we made up for it in other ways. We certainly did. Yeah, we saw a lot of things. We saw lots of... Sheep. A lot of sheep. a lot of sheep. Dang, a lot of sheep. And really, for the amount of sheep that we saw... We ate very few of them. <laughs> I think we only had lamb once. I know. It's ridiculous. I, it was, And it was good lamb. It was good lamb, yeah. Ireland has great sheep. Although they were kind of angry. You almost got attacked by a herd. I know. They're kind of dicks. Well, like they look friendly, but you know, once you just like help yourself into their personal space, they don't like it. To be fair, you were getting very close to the cliff's edge. And I personally think they were just trying to save you. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that what they were doing? They're like, oh, this poor tourist. He's getting way too close to the edge. Well, thank you, sheep. That's right. Thanks a lot. Thank you, sheep. (laughs) I noticed you weren't coming to my defense when I was being charged by half a dozen (laughs) sheep at full speed. I'm not getting in between you and a herd of angry sheep. I mean, protective sheep. (laughs) I'm also a little disappointed you didn't pull out your phone and instantly try to get a video. What is wrong with me? How did you miss that? (laughs) That probably was hilarious to watch. It really was. And then they yelled at you for a while. Well, I mean, I'm used to that. That's not a big deal. (laughs) That's not scary. What was your favorite part of our trip? Oh, God, I don't know. How do you even pick? There were so many good parts. I think my favorite part, like as an overarching theme, was I loved the small towns and the countryside Mm. and the the tiny little roads that are barely wider than the car we had, which was, I think, (laughs) the smallest car made in history. I think so. Uh, It couldn't even really fit our two carry-ons in the trunk. That's how small this stupid thing is. Yeah. But I loved it. I loved that after you get used to it, of course, the first couple hours, you're like, what the hell is going on? I can't even drive down this road. There's no room. But after that, after you're used to it, it's so cool. It's like you have to pay attention all the time when you're in the car there. The roads are very windy. And they scare the hell out of you when somebody else is coming. (laughs) But it's just so cool and engaging to drive down the country roads. And the bushes are literally... 
like brushing the side of the car all the yeah. time. I just, I found it exhilarating to drive there. It was, it was, you know, my favorite part when people ask me that, you know, you, you want to say things like, oh, Skellig Michael, which is where the last Star Wars was shot or, you know, the cliffs of Moher were wonderful. But really my favorite parts of the trip were just driving from place to place through the countryside with you. Yeah, it was just you and me in a car and finding some place to pull off on the side of the road that we didn't know was anything and discover something jaw-droppingly beautiful that we stare at for half an hour. Well, discovering makes it sound like there was no planning involved. Like, I, not to toot my own horn, toot toot, I did a lot of research on the most beautiful places in the whole country and somehow we just magically ended up there. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess not luck. Luck from my point of view, because I had nothing to do with the planning. <laughs> so it seems like luck, but probably more hard work on your part. That's true. Fun hard work. Yeah. I enjoy that kind of stuff. And it made for a great trip. It did. It was a wonderful trip, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think is lucky for us because I think a lot of people in a relationship might find spending that much time in that small of a car on those windy of roads to be, you know, a test for the relationship. It can be quite stressful. I I think you're probably onto something there. Yeah. I don't find it that way for us, but I do, I do understand that a lot of people probably would find that, especially if you're not used to spending huge amounts of time together. But I think we're kind of used to it anyways, right? We are. And I think that we have sort of some inherent strengths that make that not just doable, but actually fun. I mean, one thing that I've found, certainly on this trip, we don't take a lot of road trips, but when we do, we have a lot of fun. And one thing that we both do is that we're just really open to possibilities, Like we don't sort of shut each other down if one of us has an idea of, oh, you know, I read about this. Let's see if we can find it. We're pretty agreeable. I think so. Yeah. I like to think that, um, you know, if one person wants to do something and the other one isn't as immediately on board with it, that we find a way to have fun with it regardless. Mm -hmm. I think so. And I think that helps lower the stress. I mean, if, if one person within the relationship is always like, oh, no, that sounds boring or, oh, I don't want to do that. That can, I think that can sort of cause some issues when you're on a long road trip with someone. Yeah, well, I would agree. I think being flexible as a rule is, is vitally important. You know, if you have to be rigid about everything that's going to happen on that holiday, then you're really only doing your holiday and not the other person's holiday. It's not a holiday for both of you then. That's right. Which, you know, is funny for me because I am really quite rigid in my planning. Like I make sure that, you know, these are on our list. This is what I want to see. But somehow when we get in the car and especially through Ireland where the scenery was just so spectacular, I just sort of let all of that rigidity go. And I think I was, like you said, very flexible as were you to say, you know what? We're lost. I don't know where we are. Let's just see where this takes us and not sort of get real worried about it. Yeah. Well, I think... I mean, we, we grew up in very different ways of thinking, I think. Whereas I, I would be of the mindset like a driving trip is to get to point B from point A. And the points in between aren't essential. I just want to get to where we're going. <laughs> That's how it was when I was growing up. And so I, I still have a hard time wrapping my head around the trip itself, the drive being part of the experience. Enjoying the journey. But we've had a few trips now where we've we've most definitely found that the drive was a humongous part of the trip. So 
I'm, I'm getting on board with it now. Whereas my tendency is always, let's just go. We got to get there by a certain time. Now I'm like, sure, let's pull over here and have a look and see what we see here. Yeah. There was one day on our trip where, you know, I had read about something and I said, well, let's just go check this out. It sounds like it's really pretty. It's only two hours out of the way from where we need to go. I mean, no big deal. It's beautiful. We're enjoying the drive. And, you know, being flexible and going along with me, you agreed. And when we got there, it really didn't look like much. And I was starting to feel really kind of guilty for taking you two hours out of the way because I know that you just like to get where we're going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, luckily we just sort of stumped, we followed the sheep. (laughs) Always a good rule. Follow the sheep. (laughs) They they, know what's up. Exactly. They hang out on the cliffside. They have the best views. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be a spectacular detour that I think both of us were very unsure of for a lot of that drive. Well, I'll tell you what, I was I was a little bit nervous because that was already going to be a day where we were driving a fairly long distance. And then when you suggested this two-hour detour to do something else, I'm thinking, oh boy, okay, like I'm flexible, but I don't want to be in the car for eight hours today either. <laughs> and then when we showed up at this little island you took us to, I thought, oh, wah, wah. <laughs> looks kind of boring. It's like, wow, we drove two hours out of the way for this. Uh, and then what I loved about it, though, is that we just found this little spot and for some reason, one of us, I don't even remember who, just said, pull over. Let's just go walk over where those sheep are and go look at the cliffs. And when we got over there, it was just absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. And no one else was stopping there. It wasn't anything that we'd heard about. It just happened to be a spot we randomly stopped at. And it's one of our favorite spots of the whole trip. Yeah. Made the, made the two-hour detour definitely worth it. It really did. It was, it's, it's a memory that will stick with me forever. It was just stunning. And I think, you know, as we're talking we're making our trip sound really very idyllic, which in a lot of ways it was. And, you know, you already said that we travel really well together, which we do, but I'll admit right now to you and to the eight people listening that there was one point on the trip where you really got on my nerves. I was getting very annoyed with you in that car. Yeah. How could that be? Well, it was the day after this magical journey, uh, a day or two after maybe, where we just went to this island and found this beautiful spot. And everywhere we went, everything I planned, everything out of your mouth was, well, this isn't as good as the other day. Oh, well, <laughs> this drive is nothing compared to the other day. Oh, well, we've already seen so much better than this. Oh, well, this isn't very good. And I was getting super annoyed because what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Um, plan it in the right order, I guess. <laughs> don't do this awesome stuff and then have a day where it's like, I don't know, this might have been all right yesterday, but... <laughs> Now, after what we saw yesterday, no, this is like lame. But, and, and in my defense, that day turned around in the second half of the day, and some of our favorite stuff on the trip ended up happening that day as well. So, exactly. So my complaining really willed it no, to happen. No, it didn't. Again, my planning brought all that to fruition. You need to trust in me. <laughs> and that actually, it's another good tip, is to manage your expectations. Because when you're on a driving trip like we were, we drove for 18 days around Ireland, Not every day is going to be, you know, these gorgeous cliffs and sheep frolicking in the fields. There's going to be some days where you're driving down the highway and it's boring as shit and there's nothing to see and you're really just trying to stay awake. Or there might be a day in the middle of the trip where what you accomplish that day is looking at pictures on your phone, (laughs) going for a shitty brunch somewhere that was way overrated. And doing laundry and hanging your clothes to dry in the room, all over the room. It's true. And that's your day. That's your day. And so long as you understand that, you know, this is what it is, and tomorrow will be different, hopefully better, 
then you can learn to manage those expectations and hopefully reduce a stress level that, you know, everything's not perfect. True. I think, I think maybe even intentionally building in some time where it's like, you know, you don't have a million things on the schedule and you can just have a day where you're like, well, whatever, if we don't find anything interesting to do, like just have a relaxed day and maybe that's a bit of a mental reset too. Right. So sort of building in those down days within your expectations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never think to do it, but sometimes it just happens anyway, where it just just happens you have a, you know, three quarters of a day and not really much planned and you just go, whatever, let's grab a coffee and sit here and just people watch. It's true. And it ends up being awesome. I mean, our laundry day was not awesome. No, our laundry day sucked. We don't talk about the laundry day anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We needed that laundry day though. We certainly did. Yeah. (laughs) What about um, dividing responsibilities? Like, what, how do you how do you feel about that? Like, I think it's an important part of of trip planning and and executing a, a successful holiday. Oh, I think that's a definite um, sort of pro tip for a road trip success. Because wait, wait, wait. pro tip? Are oh, we pros? Uh, we are now. We're semi professional. We're maybe. officially pros in our own living room. <laughs> that's that. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I like it. But I like that, though, about sort of dividing responsibilities, because I know you and I, we have very different strengths. And so if you were to try and do everything, or if I were to try and do everything, the trip would only be half as good. Yeah. And it might be, in fact, a horrible failure. Like if you put me in charge of planning the trip. And me in charge of driving. Yeah. We're screwed. (laughs) We're really screwed. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, of course, some of it is forced, um, Forced diversity in, in skill sets, I guess, and that you don't drive. It's true. And I do, so guess who gets to do all the driving? But, but you're that also so means good at it. And you have the crappy job of navigating us when, in Ireland, the bloody streets have no names. There's nothing listed on corners anywhere. It's very annoying. And I can just sit here and swear at it, and you, your job <laughs> is to figure out where the hell we're actually supposed to go, and then recalculate when I miss the turn. Well, that technically was Google Maps' job. Yeah. Google My Maps. job was more calming you down when you're cursing and yelling at all those tiny streets with no signs. Because I'm going to get irate and start yelling and screaming. (laughs) And uh, somebody's got to settle me down or it's going to go really off the rails. That's true. Which is also sort of another good thing to remember is when that happens, because, you know, obviously you're going to get annoyed and things are going to stress you out and you're going to get lost sometimes. You're going to take a wrong turn. It's good to sort of leave that there. Leave the wrong turn at that corner and just move on. Because if you keep through your whole trip worrying about that and cursing about all of the street signs or lack of street signs, then that's just going to be like a shitty thing that follows you throughout the whole thing. Yeah, that's a true story. Yeah. How do, you, how do you make the car trip itself less boring? Like, I know it's great if there's stuff to see, but if you're just driving down the road going from point A to point B, like, I think, I feel like we're at the point where we, we have fun with that anyways, because it's just, it's you and me, we get along together. We enjoy spending time together. Um, but how, like, do you even think about how to make that fun or is it just something do you think just happens naturally? You know, I think early in our relationship, it was something that I worried about. Like if we drove to Calgary, I'd always try and fill every minute of silence because, you know, you have to be entertaining. Or if we leave really in the, early in the morning, I would feel really guilty if I fell asleep because you have to stay awake. So I felt like I should stay awake. And you know, after 18 years together, I don't, I don't really worry about that anymore. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Either we have something to talk about or we don't. You know, my hot tip on how to make uh, car trips more fun and more bearable and something that you actually remember, 
make up songs about everything you see. <laughs> That's my hot tip. Get a song stuck in your head that just will not leave, and then you adapt the, the words of that song to match whatever the hell is going on on this trip. Like, we were going, we watched Friday Night Lights. The last episode of Friday Night Lights had uh, a song on it called uh, Devil Town. Please don't sing this. And, oh, no. Well, I'm not going to sing for no, everybody. Actually, please do sing it. It's worth getting it stuck in my head to hear you <laughs> sing it. <laughs> but you know what? That song got stuck in my head, and so everything we're doing now becomes a part of that song. And you know, we're, we're, going to, uh, we're going to a little town called Dingle, and so that was a good opportunity to sing a song. About, and how did that song? Devil Town, it's Dingle Town. How did that song go? You can just Google it. No, no, please. <laughs> please, please. Well, I mean, you're in the car and you start going, I was living in a dingle town. Didn't know it was a dingle town. We got scammed pretty bad in dingle. Yeah. And dingle's <laughs> annoying, yeah. So all of a sudden the song became about, you know, how the prices were so high and the people were cheats in the well, dingle town. And that's just it. The actual song barely has anywhere. That's almost the entire song just repeat three times. But yeah, we were making... All kinds of jokes about they screw you over in Dingle Town. <laughs> They'll rob your wallet in Dingle Town. <laughs> Dingle, you charge too much for your fish and chips. Come on. <laughs> and while that is a fun way to pass time, it, it got old, really. I was tired of singing about the Dingle Town. No, because, because once that song gets in your head, and I apologize to the people listening, it will get stuck in your head now. Go look it up. It never goes away. No, that's true. Until you find some song that's even slightly more <laughs> annoying. And then, you know what I like is that because once it's stuck in your head, you drive for another 20 minutes and you see something on a sign and now that is incorporated into your song. <laughs> that's true. And by the end, you either want to kill each other or at least you, you have an inside joke that you giggle about forever. <laughs> and we will giggle about Dingle Town for a while, I'm that's sure. That's right. <laughs> Dingle. Damn. I like Dingle, but man, scammy. <laughs> What's your hot tip for... Uh, you, you have anything you like to do? Like, I know we, we always do the same annoying things like everybody else does, like read out every sign and, you know, bicker about the pronunciation of signs and all that kind of stuff. But Which I, is I hard in Ireland signs. because a lot of the signs are in Irish. Well, but at least <laughs> then we don't know who's right. We have no idea how to pronounce. We're Even the English wrong. signs, really. I know. We really had no idea how to pronounce a lot of it. So, yeah, we had fun pronouncing the signs and really practicing horribly terrible Irish accents. You mean excellent Irish accents? Oh, no, no, no. No, even mine, which was substantially better than yours, was still really, really bad. No, I don't think that you understand what an Irish accent is. (laughs) No. I think you're misremembering your accent. Maybe. There was a lot of pints on that trip. (laughs) There's probably a lot of shit I forgot about that trip. (laughs) (laughs) I did not remember that 16-pound fish and chips in Dingle, though. Oh, yeah. No, 16 euro. 16 euro, sorry. It didn't weigh 16 pounds. It cost 16 euro. Yeah. It didn't it didn't weigh 16 ounces. <laughs> Brutal. Anyway. You know, one thing when I was looking up sort of things to do to lower stress on road trips, one thing that kept coming up is to schedule alone time to make sure because you're spending so much time together in a car that you need some time apart to sort of recharge. And we didn't really do that a lot. How do you do that on a holiday? Like, what are you going to do on your own on a vacation when somebody else is there? Yeah. I don't know how you would even do it. There's got, I mean, people must do it. And if you do, if you're listening and you do that, let us know. Because for the most part, I think we're pretty much attached at the hip 
Pretty much. I think I think there was a danger on a on a trip that's eighteen days long. That's a long time to be, you know, in that close of proximity with anybody. So it was definitely a concern. I thought we might get tired and irritable mm-hmm. and, and we'll get on each other's nerves, but mm-hmm. it really didn't happen, which is quite surprising. I would have expected it to at least a little. Me too. And it has happened in the past on trips. Yeah. I think maybe higher stress trips, but I think maybe us utilizing some of the tips we already talked about, you mm-hmm. know, being flexible and, and just uh, letting the chips fall where they may and mm-hmm. do whatever we want. And, and whatever happens during the day happens. And that's cool. Yeah. Just uh, appreciate things as they come. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. way more difficult when you're stressed about getting somewhere at a certain time, and we didn't do a lot of that. That's true. Which is great. I mean, we did always sort of have our own time. As soon as we got back from the day and got to our room, you always took like, a, we'll kindly say, an hour to yourself in the bathroom. The bathroom is my solitude space. <laughs> that's, that's your alone this time. This is my alone time. I'm like, get out of here. I'm on my own. I'm going to look at my pictures on my phone. Whatever. <laughs> so I guess we did sort of schedule some alone time every day. <laughs> well, and frankly, sometimes when you're so tired at the end of a busy vacation day, just both laying on the bed, looking at your pictures that you took all day and editing stuff and, and poking around and reading stuff. I mean, yeah, okay, somebody's next to you. It's, but it's basically alone time. <laughs> you're not really talking. You've both got your nose stuck in your phone. <laughs> so that's, I mean, maybe that's just a little bit of a mental break too, where you just, as much as not being alone, it's just... Um, You've got your own thing that you're doing and there's no need to make conversation for a little while. So I don't know, maybe that was part of the reason why it was good. Yeah. You know, a lot of things talk about um, taking separate vacations too and how that can be good or bad for your relationship depending on sort of the type of vacations you take or how many you take or the state of your relationship. That's something that we've never, again, we've never really done that. Yeah. I don't know that we've ever felt the need to do it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And maybe our, our likes and dislikes are, are not so divergent that, that that would be a necessity, but I'm, I'm definitely open to it. I more so than I ever was before, I think. And not so much a vacation, more like a getaway, which would be a shorter period of time. But I think like, as far as us taking separate vacations, I could definitely do it. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing for relationships. I think there are certainly parameters that people should follow if that's something they're interested in. Like, if you went on a, a my dream vacation and was like, see ya, I'm going with my boys and we're going, <laughs> you know, somewhere amazing. See you later. We're going to watch Broadway shows for seven days um, <laughs> and then eat ice cream. I would not be very happy with you. No. I would be sitting here very resentful, which is something you need to be careful of. Mm-hmm. But like if you were going golfing, have at her, man. Well, I think that's key is, you know, it's not like you, you don't want to feel like you can't enjoy yourself if you're going somewhere without your spouse. Mm-hmm. But you also don't want to go do a trip that you know they would totally love. <laughs> like why, what would be the point of doing that without them, right? Yeah. The idea would be to pick something that maybe, maybe I want to go do something that you have no interest in. Great. And if I have a couple friends that want to go and make a weekend of it, then cool. I'm probably going to do something you're going to like, but if most of the trip is going to be stuff that's going to bore you to tears, then you don't need to go. Yeah. You can maybe plan something that you want to do that I hate. Exactly. And I think that's sort of another good thing to remember is if you do take separate vacations to sort of make it equal. Yeah. Like if you keep going off, say you don't, you're not a big golfer anymore. You used to be, but say you're a big golfer and you went golfing all by yourself or with friends three or four times a year and left me at home and I couldn't ever go anywhere on my own. That'd, That'd feel shitty. Yeah. Or, or even couldn't go on your own. 
maybe you just didn't want to. Yeah, then I that think might that's be different though because if if one part of the of the relationship doesn't want to go on vacation, I think that's different. But if I want to go on vacation, just not the kind of vacations you're taking, then I think it's good to sort of keep it equal and I would go and do my own thing at another time. Right. Like, I think that's healthy. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking separate vacations in a relationship. No, me neither. I think, again, it comes back to, you know, maybe being in a place in your life that you can enjoy some alone time or time away. And uh, and maybe it makes you appreciate the time when you are together anyways. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to go somewhere and spend a bunch of money on stuff that you hate. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, there's that old adage, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That is what they say. Right? So yeah. once you get back together, then it's all spicy for a little while. So basically what you're saying is you want me to take up golf again. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> because that's the thing. I mean, we don't take separate vacations and I don't think it's because we're against it. I'm not at all. Mm-hmm. I just think really there's nobody I would rather travel with than you. Yeah. And that's that's me too. I think that's part of our, well, I'm not going to say it's a problem, but that's part of our thing is that we both would rather spend time with each other than anybody else for the most part. So, And I think another reason why I like traveling with you as opposed to traveling, you know, either on my own or with someone else is that our interests are very similar, but we're also very good at sort of pushing the other person a little bit past their comfort zone when we're vacationing. Um, We enjoy a lot of things, but there's some things that maybe I wouldn't enjoy. And you're like, no, no, just give it a try. You don't know yet. Just... Give it a shot. And then I end up having a great time. Yeah. Well, I think that's a thing for life too, though, right? Like just doing things that are maybe start with a little bit out of your comfort zone. Like you have a bird phobia. I do. Birds and are the you worst. have a bit of a open water phobia, right? Not like a fan of going go in, the, in ocean. the water. So of course, what we took a big boat trip out to the Skellig Islands in Ireland. And one of them is basically friggin' Bird Island. It's a bird sanctuary. There were so many birds. birds everywhere. It was the worst. You could like not even see the island anymore for all the birds. It was, it was literally crazy. the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Birds shitting all over the place, flying over your boat. You're like, what the hell? Like, it doesn't really bother me. Well, the bird shitting part does, but <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, you're on this trip because you don't want to miss out on I would I would call the Skellig Islands like a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. Like that is that's an amazing place to go. Yeah. And it's not easy to get there. So are you gonna let your fears and your your own anxieties um deny you that experience? Mm-hmm. And I guess it depends how bad your anxieties are, right? Well, and that's just it. Had I been traveling with someone else, I might have, you know, not had that experience. I might have sort of just said, you know what, this isn't for me. The boat trip I've heard is really rocky. There's this mm-hmm. big bird island. So, eh. and you know, if I were traveling with someone else, maybe they just go, yeah, okay, cool. Let's do something else. Yeah. But because it was so important to you and sort of, I knew you were there to support me, which you were when I had a small, minimal freak out on the boat. Well, when I noticed you had a freak out, I was busy like in awe. And then I turned you around were. and you're hiding under the awning of the boat <laughs> going, holy shit. But you came and checked on me and made sure I was okay and, you know, asked if I needed any help. And then you went off and took more pictures of the birds. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the same vein, I mean, you have your issues with birds and and water and I have my issues with other things. Like we both don't really like heights. So, I mean, the Blarney Stone was one of those things too. It's, 
it's very it's very high. It doesn't look that bad from the ground, but then when you get up, it's it's high. And mm-hmm. then you have to lean over an open part of the wall to and backwards to kiss the wall, <laughs> the yep. stone. It's really far away. It doesn't look that far in pictures, but you really got to get down there. You got to stretch. <laughs> like there's a reason why they have somebody there kind of holding you up and bracing you so you don't fall down the crack. <laughs> I'll post a picture so that people can see in the mm-hmm. show notes. But I mean, that's something that I was probably more okay with, but I can see, like, if you're scared of heights, that would that would cause you a little bit of anxiety, I think. <laughs> but we go do it, even though it scares the living crap out of us. We do. And I think that's sort of why we vacation so well together. Because, you know, it goes back to all the things we've already talking about. Talking? Talking? <laughs> Which I talking really well some I days. I talking real good. <laughs> um, you know, it's about being flexible and being open to new experiences and 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 pushing pushing a little bit past your boundaries because with the Blarney Castle, the Blarney Stone, it was literally a two hour wait. Oh God! In mostly sun. And it, yeah, it was hot. It was hot, and really, Phil had no. You didn't really care at all about the Blarney Stone, but I was like, "Come on, we're here. We this is something we have to do." Yeah, it came back to the flexibility. Frankly, I mean, you really wanted to do it. I didn't give a shit to do it. I, yeah. it didn't matter to me. It was like I would have looked at the line and gone, and what it cost to go in and go. Eh, I can find <laughs> something more interesting to do. But it's, it's one of those things you got to go do it. I guess it was a total touristy day. Yeah, and then sort of unbeknownst to us, when we got in there, there was a very tight spiral stone staircase. And you are very afraid of tight spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so quite claustrophobic. That got a little touch and go for a while, but I think we worked through it. We were a good team. Yeah, and that's just it. You know, it's it's things that you don't anticipate to be a problem. And then when you realize it is, like I didn't anticipate having to line up and just stand still in this tiny, tiny, really narrow Crazy hot and stuffy staircase. Very steep. Yeah. You can't see much in front of you or behind you. Like it's it's for claustrophobic people. It's it's not cool. Mm-hmm. Not cool at all. And there was no warnings or anything, so we no. had no idea. And you're thinking, okay, well, why would we all be lining up on here? Why don't we? Why don't you just let a few people up at a time, and then they just make their way straight up, go right, right. to the top? I would prefer that, but mm-hmm. but that's the way they do it. So I mean, at one point, I I had a little bit of a freak out. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bulldoze over some people to get out of here. So. That's where you come in. It's like you just recognize that and started to hold people back. So you could, I could go up a section of the stairway and then there's an open spot where I could step out into a room and nobody was going to get to the top any faster anyway. Mm-hmm. So you just taking the initiative to hold those people back and giving me a lot of space. It didn't cost anybody else anything. No. But so I really appreciated that because... Once, if, if anyone is claustrophobic, once you get in that headspace where you're being completely unreasonable and yeah. you know it, it's really hard to get out of it. Yeah, you can't just talk yourself out of it. You can't just go, oh, well, it doesn't make any sense to yeah. snap out of it. And yeah, it doesn't work. And so I think, that, that's good. Like you you help me when I'm in, in some distress and, and I try to do the same for you. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And, and that's exactly it. That is what it's all about. I think when you're traveling with someone and you're spending so much time together, as we've already talked about, it can get really easy to get on each other's nerves. And at that point on the stairwell, I could have just said, come on, honey, just push through. Like, we're almost at the top. Just fucking go up the stairs. All these people are waiting. Just do it. Because I'm hot. I'm tired. I've been standing in this line for an hour and a half. And I don't want to deal with it. And people are grumbling that they're not moving. People are grumbling. Exactly. So it would be so easy to do that. But then that's going to have repercussions down the line on your trip. And, you know, all the stress is going to build up. And it's just Mm going to make things worse. Yeah. So I think it's important just to remember, just to take that step and, and support your partner in however they need, just to sort of 
ease that stress and sort of make things go a bit smoother. Yeah, basically, instead of complaining about the things that someone else is struggling with, identify and and um, empathize with the fact that they're really struggling to, to get through something and do what you can to help. Yeah. Instead of mocking or, you know, just saying, oh, just do it. Just don't worry about it. That doesn't help anybody. That's, no. not, a, that's not a solution. Exactly. Like me telling you, don't worry about the birds. They're not going to do anything. They exactly. never attacked anyone before. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So yeah. there's pushing someone, you know, beyond their boundaries a bit to sort of open their eyes to new experiences, but then there's also knowing when pushing is not helpful. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, if you push someone too far, then maybe that's going to necessitate a little bit of extra alone time for you. <laughs> <laughs> that elusive vacation alone time, you might get some uh, and not planned. <laughs> well, since I weirdly and awkwardly brought it back to alone time for no apparent reason. Weirdly and uh, awkwardly, the bacon hound story. <laughs> Leah, let's take that opportunity to segue into another topic I think is kind of interesting when we talk about hotels and something that people get really excited about when they talk about hotels, and that's hotel sex. Hotel sex. Bow, chicka, wah, wah. <laughs> There's just something about the idea of being away in a, in a different place where you can maybe, I don't know, feel excited about... Uh, I don't know. There's just something about hotel sex. I know. People seem to really love it. And <laughs> like you know what I, the... The first thing I always think of when I, when somebody says, ooh, hotel, ooh, hotel sex, I go, I can't get my mind off all the other atrocities that may or may not have happened on this mattress. <laughs> oh, no. God knows what's gone on in here. Has anybody no. cleaned this ever? Like, is this a courtesy, like, just brush off the blanket every time when you leave? Or they actually walk, Like, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> if you don't think about that, then fine, but... Once you do think about it, it ruins everything. <laughs> everything. So you're saying that, like, when I pull back the sheets to check the mattress for bed bugs, and you see that mattress, you're like, oh, no, we're not doing it on that mattress. <laughs> well, I don't know. How does it not come into your mind? You're like, oh, gross. To what? be fair, is... that's never come into my mind. When I nope. think about hotel sex, I never think, oh, shit, who else has fucked on this bed? <laughs> that's the first thing I think. <laughs> God. This is like the mattress of 32,000 bangs. Oh, like, no, I don't, no. no. Oh, no. I just no. don't want to get on that. I've and, never and yet, for whatever that. reason, I don't think that when I'm just sleeping on it, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. It's a weird thing to get excited about to me. <laughs> well, and to be fair, after 18 years of marriage, like disclosure here, uh, a hotel sex isn't that big of a priority for us. When we get back after a day of vacationing and exploring cliffs and getting attacked by sheep, our biggest thought is to connect to the fucking Wi-Fi and look at our phones. Yeah. Oh, and you know what I'm thinking? That sounds really sad. We've, uh, <laughs> we've been out for 15 hours walking for 13 and a half of it, and it's 28 degrees, and it's hot, and it's sweaty. We're, we're feeling like crap. We're dead tired. We probably ate too much. You know what? When I'm getting in that hotel room, I, you know what the first thing is I can't wait to do? Bathroom. Get shoes off. <laughs> get everything off. Lay on my underwear on the bed and uh, have a look at my pictures or connect to Wi-Fi because maybe I haven't had it all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's getting old, folks. <laughs> For those wondering what a glimpse into our hotel bedroom looks like, it's both of us laying in our underwear, sweating profusely under the air conditioner, looking at our phones. Can you feel the romance? <laughs> Can you feel it, people? Hey, this is an honest look at love. Yeah, this is how you know this isn't a no bullshit podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but now we want to hear from you. Do you have any tips to minimize stress when vacationing with your partner? What do you think of taking separate vacations? Is hotel sex better than Tuesday night at home sex? 
Reach out to us on Twitter at love underscore uncovered and let us know what you think. You can also connect with me on Twitter at BaconHound for all your food thoughts and Robin at MedusaBeth to chat about all things social justice and cats, obviously. 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 And our catchy theme song is supplied by Our Good Wolf, and you can hear more from them at ourgoodwolf.bandcamp.com. If you like what we do, you can subscribe to Love Uncovered on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we'd really appreciate if you left a review because it helps more people find our show. Thanks. And don't forget to get out there and have some bedbug-infested hotel sex. Oh, gosh. wish I was a Cavendish potato. That is what I really want to be. Because if I was a Cavendish potato, everyone would be in love with me.